Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. We're so happy to have you here today on our show, A Woman's Prerogative. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. We released our newsletter today, The Global Post. Please do check your spam folder if you haven't received it. And if you haven't signed up, go over to our website, usaglobaltv.com. You don't want to miss this. Also, before we get to the show, a hot new announcement. What is it? Starting on Sunday, we have our new fitness show. That's right. It's called Get Off the Couch. And joining me will be Sarah Jillian. And Sarah is becoming quickly a very integral part of this platform. So thank you to Tracy Lamori for that. Let's start the show. Joining us from Africa, it's her fourth show today. I'm going to call her Matchstick Mama. It's Janetta Barry and the Epiphany Process. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> everybody. And I'm the other <laughs> listening officer in this on this channel. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Today. Today, again, I'm looking forward to this topic. Joining us from Canada, Tracy Lamore. Hello. Hi, how are you? Great to see you. I'm super proud that you represent both of us, by the way, as our publicist. Yes. Oh, yeah, I got good stuff coming up this week or in the next few days or whenever it is for both of you. So both of you have two yeah. things coming. You know where to find us. I love it. Oh, yeah. And we <laughs> we also have just, Justina Metalli joining us. Let's okay. welcome her back. Hi, Justina. Hello. Okay. She was that's there. That's our international. That's what happens, right? We're all over tricky. the place. <laughs> yeah, but you see, when in London, it's got a really bad connection. You've got to come to Africa to be connected. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true these days. Yeah. Well, we heard today earlier on our show, the United Kingdom news and culture, that the weather has been uh, just deluge of rain and thunderstorms there in London. So that might have something to do with it. It could very uh, well. Yeah. We've got an exciting topic today. But before we start, I'd just like to say that Kathy Fulton and Amber J. Lawson and Desiree Richardson have the day off. So we'll look forward to having them back for the next show. Let's just uh, spotlight each of you and let the audience know the type of work that you do and how you can bring value to them. So I'm going to start with Tracy. Well, so um, I'm a publicist working from home. <laughs> that was my son. Um, anyway, so yeah, I'm a publicist working from home. Um, I'm a globally international award-winning publicist. I work across industries and across borders. So no matter what people do, whether they're consultants or, uh, you know, travel experts or, you know, lawn care experts, real estate agents, no matter what it is that you do, media people, um, a lot of film stuff, 
I, I find media attention for it and get you in the, in the news or in, uh, in appropriate media. Okay. Thank you so much, Tracy. Appreciate that. Let's go over to Jeanetta Barry. Tell us how you bring value and help people. Uh, I bring value to help people uh, from a place of helping them to communicate more accurately from the heart with more certainty and clarity and specificity. And this came off after I'd lost my 16-year-old daughter to suicide after she and I argued because I had no idea how to handle such a charged-up situation. And uh, I've been able to help people all over the world from day-to-day challenges right up to people who are self-harming, terrorist attack victims, people with PTSD, And um, I've been helping people for 14 years now, over 14 years uh, with this work. And it's been an inspiring and at times difficult, but really amazing journey. Yay. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. I did hear from Justina. She's trying to connect, so we'll see if she comes back. But our topic today, we're going to take it a little bit broader as opposed to just when someone hits on you. At some point in your life, somebody hit on you for something, and we don't necessarily tell them exactly what we're thinking or the total truth. But that also applies to life, whether it's in business or personal relationships. Sometimes we don't tell the person the full truth for many reasons, one of which could be we don't want to hurt their feelings. But what are your thoughts about total honesty 100% of the time. I'll start with Tracy. I like to, always, that's a hard one, right? Cause I always, you always want, I like to preach be genuine, but at the same time, now you're talking about where you may hurt someone's feelings, especially when it comes to something like the dating arena or, you know, relationships, people can be super sensitive or they can put all kinds of, you know, like, Hey, I'm not interested can mean, Oh, they hate me. I'm ugly. I'm, you know, so sometimes, you know, it's better to cushion, in the dating arena, I guess also in, you know, other life, other parts of life too. Like you don't want to hurt somebody. So you have to, um, you also don't want to lie and hurt them later, you know, by your dishonesty. So you have to walk a, a strategic and fine line to make sure that you are being kind, you know, while still being as truthful as you can, I guess. Yeah. Good point. Thank you. What about that dreaded question? How do I look in this? And you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you deal with that one do you dance oh, around I, <laughs> i'm laughing because that is such a husband and wife thing <laughs> where the wife goes how do i look at this and if he tells her exactly what he really thinks it could end up in divorce so <laughs> My husband, 90% of the time, whether it's like just a random thing or like a beautiful epic thing, 90% of the time it's like, I don't know, it's okay. (laughs) And and then I go, well, what? It's amazing. No, no. And then he's like, no, no. I mean, it's good. Like, but (laughs) I just don't know about these things. Oh my God. So if I ever get a like, it'd have to be pretty extraordinary and like, you know, not just a nice drive, but like something like outstandingly noticeable for him to be like comment on it negatively or positively, you know, but he'll come right out and say like some of my order stuff online and that can be, I mean, I've got some of like a really good fit, beautiful lace dress like this online, but it can also be a huge fail where a, you see it either the style or like when you actually see it in person, it's just, 
I mean, like, sorry, the size I was going to say, or it could be just when you actually see it in person, it has a totally different, like, I saw this one that I just thought would be cool for, like, events and stuff, but when I saw it, and no offense to anybody, you know, in these communities, but when I actually saw it, it literally looks more like, you know, something like a, like a, bountiful, like a, more like a, the, not the, the Mormons, but the, the Mormons that have all the wives, you know, the, the, the what does it call it? I can't remember what it's called, but it's not the LD. Anyway, it looked like the dress they would wear with the big lady, like, you'd have to see it. But it was completely not, like, I was thinking of it like a sophisticated kind of, I could wear a tacon kind of dress. And I saw it, I'm like, no, it's more like a long, nice sort of farmhouse dress. <laughs> I don't uh, know what that's, that is. But okay, it wasn't until you saw it, like, that you were like, yeah, no. And he was like, that one when I pulled out, like there was no. He was just like, no. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, totally what I was thinking. <laughs> so he'll give you his opinion sometimes, oh, but yeah. usually it's kind of just. Unfortunately, no, there'll be no, oh, um, you know, I have to have, I would definitely have to have a, thin, a thick skin with him. I, my whole family. He's got my husband and son, you know, who just walked by, like, are both, like, in their own heads half the time, no holds barred, like, you know, oh, what? <laughs> Do it first and think later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy. Janetta, what did you want to share about that? Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, if you'd asked Janetta pre the epiphany process, I would have been the total people pleaser and have tried to tell the person what they wanted to hear uh, because I didn't want to offend them. And, and you and I were discussing this yesterday because, uh, you know, I, I want to be remain loved and accepted and lovable. Uh, so that was Janetta pre, pre the epiphany process. Now I've learned that this, first of all, there's a way of uh, saying the truth in that person's value system uh, so that, I, and I used to hear this when I used to be the people pleaser. I was queen of people pleasing. Uh, people would say, you know, you can tell somebody in such a way how to, where to get off that they say, how do I get there? Um, but really, if you speak to a person in their value system, then they listen and respond differently. And that, that is what I have learned is it's, um, it's what you say. It is about being authentic. Having said that, I think there, there's a time to say things and there's a time where you go, this is not the time to say it. There can be a timing reason for not saying it. And then there's a time to say it in their value system in such a way where you're direct, it's from the heart, it's not to be in judgment of them, extreme judgment. Obviously, there's a judgment because you're judging whether you do or don't like whatever it is they're wearing, but not extreme judgment and not to hurt them. It, it, it's a heartfelt answer. That's the truth stated in their value system. And usually... Um, I get a really good response back now. And then they know they can trust me. They know that when they ask me a question in the future, they're going to get the truth, but it doesn't offend them. They, it feels trustworthy and, and balanced. Great answer. Thank you. So let's say someone asks you a question and you know the answer they want to hear but they're going through something difficult and they're not 
completely balanced. They're, they're, they're depressed or they're filled with anxiety. So you might not give them the true answer, but you might give them the answer that they want to hear. Do you then go at a later time when their life seems to be more stable and they're more calm and then say, Hey, I just want to let you know, this was happening at the time you asked me and I didn't tell you the truth, but I want to tell you now. It's a good question. It depends on the, on the person. Uh, uh, it really does depend on the person <clears throat> and the situation. And the relationship um, too, I would say too. I agree with you, but yeah. the who they are, and then your, um, your relationship to them might be right. Yeah. What I would probably do, because again of my work, is I turn the question back to them and go, "Well, how does it make you feel? And um, what is it that you're wanting out of it?" And and eventually, without it sounding like I'm trying to push my process on them and leave out my jargon, get them to process what, whether it is something they really want to be or do or have or so that they answer the question rather than me. That That's how I would handle it. Interesting. Thank you. But, you know, something just popped in my head, a real scenario, literally right now, and I just want to run it by you, see what you think. So I published a book recently, I think it was in May, and in there, there's a chapter that I share something really personal that happened to me that I was raped. And I know a number of people who I'm not talking about here, I'm saying in general, I know a number of people who have read the book and never said anything to me about it. Like they actually said, hey, I got your book, I got your book and never said anything. So is that kind of by not saying anything to me about it they're kind of hiding something they must feel something one way or another about what they read because they told me they read it they told me they're going to read it let's just say so what about in scenarios like that where maybe i'm i would like to have someone say hey i read what happened to you and something anything but instead there's just silence i um, yeah, this is very similar <clears throat> to people having to handle somebody who's lost a very close loved one. And it usually means they don't, uh, and I am generalizing, but it usually means they don't know what to say to you because the whole thing has left them feeling like no words can express how you must feel. So they don't know what to say that would make you feel comfortable, right, fixed. People want to fix a person. And usually you want to fix a person uh, so that you feel comfortable again. And if you're feeling uncomfortable and you don't know how to fix them with your words, you either say the wrong thing or you say nothing at all. And I've noticed this. So th there's a chance that they just don't know how to approach it and what to say to you to fix it. That that could be true. And also the people, uh, you know, I, um, whether it's what you know what to say, but you know how to respond to. I noticed it just reminded me when, you know, when I had that mic drop moment of reading your book and also the, uh, it happened around the same time that, um, either just before or just after when I had come back from con. And the reason I relate the two of those is I saw a film there and now I'm working with the filmmaker. And I don't want to, you know, the mic drop moment, I don't want to like spoil the film for, you know, that reason. But there's a real, like what you're saying, there's a really mic drop, it's a comedy. 
sci-fi comedy and everybody's laughing it's all hilarious and then there's a mic drop moment at the end when the actual filmmaker comes on and she talks about some of her experience and that's one of them and it because it goes to like a serious moment and it's like a revelatory moment and you can feel the tension when i first saw that with an audience in the room of men and women or whatever and the women are almost relieved in some ways like someone's talking about it but what do i say now you know and then and then a lot of the men were just like they really didn't know what to say. You know, you could just feel the heaviness in the room. And it wasn't, and it wasn't like she was there like, um, you know, lecturing. It wasn't like that. We went from a comedy to just like, it was like, it, it took you on that emotional journey. So you weren't expecting it, you know, like a rape victim's not expecting it. And then all of a sudden she hit you with this revelatory thing. And it reminded me of that. You know what I mean? Like sometimes people might not, they may not be expecting that. And then they find that and they're like, oh. And like, you know, like Jeanette was saying, they don't have the words or they don't, they're afraid to say something wrong or they're just like, maybe she doesn't want to talk about it. What do I say? And then they just go on to something else. So that could be part of it. Yeah. Thanks to both of you for that. It's, uh, it is interesting because it's almost as though by not saying anything. So I never talked about it for decades and then I do talk about it, but nobody wants to talk about it. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's interesting. Now, I've never know you're open to talking about it. Like maybe some people are afraid you were just writing about it and that's it. Like it, it's really hard to write that stuff. It's even yeah. harder. It doesn't mean you're necessarily open to talk, you know. So, but now that you're saying like, you know, maybe people will and it's going to start conversations and, you know, and then other people just, you know, there's always going to be people, you know, different personality. They just want to know what to say, you know. But those of us who are either have our own stories or who want, you know, like it's just hard to know sometimes how someone wants to process you know you're the first processing is going through the book i mean the first processing is obviously the 20 years that you lived however long you live with it right and uh, you know that and then you're reprocessing it again it's a fresh wound when you're writing this is what i hear at least people who are mem memoiring about really horrible you know things that happened to them it's just like a fresh wound and yeah same thing happened i i was traveling with a, a client of mine we were in malta and literally she gave me a chapter she was writing a chapter only in a book and she gave me her chapter to read you know like while i was on the bus and she was waiting at the hotel and i was like oh my god like it was so powerful and affecting and then you know by the time and when she came down it wasn't even like at first, when she first came down, the environment that we were in, like it wasn't, we couldn't even like really address it. I just said, oh, I read your thing. Oh my God. And then, you know, it wasn't until we had some quiet time later. And, you know, there was that moment when you could really, you know, like two women talking that we really were able to break it down. Thanks yeah, for sharing I, that. Yeah. I, I also think that uh, people believe there is an etiquette in responding to something that's as personal and as shocking as that and they they don't know what those words are because people often come to me and say okay my best friend's um husband has died and she's distraught i don't know what to say to her and uh, you know it's giving them key words like um i i, I can't even begin to to uh, understand what you must have gone through but what a courageous thing to do to finally be able to step forward. People don't have the, that sort of powerful language in their vocabulary if they're charged about such tragedy. So uh, they're lost for words. They, they Jeanetta, just don't know, I know how to speak it. Yes, I'm sorry about that. Um, I know that you've shared openly on this platform about losing your daughter. And 
I'm just going to ask this question. If you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. Do you remember after she passed away, who contacted you and who didn't? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, re I remember who contacted me and who didn't. Um, I found out who were my genuine friends and who weren't. And, I, and that's not a judgment. That's a fact. It takes it takes a, a tragedy or or a, a great happening that shakes your life for you to really find who genuinely identifies with you, and those that don't identify with you will step away. And and, and for me, it was a, a little bit liberating because I knew then that my circle. Or my tribe of people, my tribe of friends were really genuinely, and they're still my friends to this day. We had one stay the weekend. She's actually an, we must get her on the show. She's an authoress here in, in, in Kenya. And um, yeah, you just, you get to know who really identifies with you and is really, really your friend. It, it, it's a great, difficult way but a great way of knowing who your friends are exactly so and i want to have tracy weigh in on this so uh, the point i guess i'm trying to to make here is when we don't speak up other people can interpret that in many different ways but will what they will know is that you didn't say anything you didn't reach out and you we can all have our own reasons but the other person might really be needing you to reach out it might really it, it could just be that one moment during the day when you thought oh doom and gloom and then somebody reaches out and it's like oh wow so i just would encourage people to kind of break out of that area where it's just so easy to say you know what so many people are going to contact her i'm not going to bother i'm not going to bother her i know she's her hands full we do this all the time as human beings but yet the other person needs us to reach out to them tracy what are your thoughts yeah. Yeah, I know it's true, especially that last part. I'm not especially, but that really resonated too. When you're like, oh, a lot of people, it's with everything in life, people think, oh, I'm just going to be one of the many. It doesn't matter if I do it or not. And that's the same with being active about stuff or reaching out to somebody to help somebody personally or having a conversation. You know, don't, we already learn. We're all busy. We all, but don't just leave everything, you know, we don't, we need to remind ourselves and each other not to leave everything to, you know, somebody else and assume that something's already being the heavy lifting is already being taken care of by somebody else because quite often it's not. I think Absolutely. also that, that there's another aspect to this uh, is that we're scared that the person will, will shut us down and say, I don't want to talk about it and da 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 da, da or whatever. Um, I've got a friend who whose son was in Jenny's class here in Kenya and he unexpectedly died in England during COVID. So they couldn't even, Kenya was in lockdown, UK was in lockdown, they couldn't get there and be part of that whole thing. And um, when I phoned her, I just said, listen, I'm here and you know, uh, having gone through similar with Jenny, I'm here when you need an ear. Ear. And immediately she went, no, I don't need the ear. I've got 
the circle of friends around me. I'm okay. I'm really glad you phoned, but that's it. I don't need anything more. And then in the last two weeks, I found out she's got cancer in both lungs. And it would be very easy for me to say she doesn't want me because she told me she didn't want me last time. But I picked up her phone. I checked up that she did want my phone call. And then I, did, I picked up the phone again and said, listen, I'm here as a cancer survivor. I'm here. You know how much I love you. And again, she went, sweetie, thank you, but I don't need you. I've got my circle of friends, but I really appreciate your call. And so, you know, if you're in a place of feeling sensitive, that could feel like you've been brushed off. But I don't think it is. Uh, and it's just about stepping up to the plate and not expecting a particular response in your value system. If the response is thank you, but no thank you, you've reached out. That, and I can tell you she's appreciated that I've reached out. It's just that she's happy with what she's got around her and that's all she needs. And uh, again, it would be about people pleasing me if she said, yes, come along. And she doesn't want anybody else around. So, so it, it's about the courage to step forward and say it and know that point. it might not be accepted. I think that's a great point. I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but to think about what the person actually needs and to say I'm here. But and um you know, on a you know on a personal level, and also it reminds me of you know something somebody said about activism or not even activism about. I was at a Rotary meeting for the first time the other day because one of my clients like you got to come to the Rotary. Anyway, she was saying that the reason she likes the best what about about what they do, which is just the same kind of community work, international work that all kinds of organizations do, is she said that uh, this isn't from them, but you know this is a quote they say nothing about me. Wait, no, not nothing for me or about me without me or whatever. So always think about, you know, it's not about us feeling better about what we're offering. You know, it's not about us when we reach out to someone. So, uh, you know, it's not to make us feel better. It's to make the other person feel better. And so it shouldn't make us feel bad either. It's not, again, it's not about us. You're just offering a service if somebody needs it, not a service, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're offering to serve you know, your friend or family member, whoever it is. And if they don't need that, they will let you know how they need that, how they need you, if they need you. And they'll appreciate that you're on their side. You know, so it's not about, oh, I was going to bring over a casserole. They, they said they don't need my casserole or, you know, or whatever. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is about the other person. And I feel like when we come from a heart centric place, then we don't make it about us, right. We make it about them. And they're entitled to say, Hey, like what you were told, Janetta. Now, just on the other side, how did you process that second thanks, but no thanks? Uh, I mean, a part of me went, oh, ow, ee, ee, because that's the human part. Uh, so I didn't go there. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Bye. Uh, so part of me did, did feel a little bit kind of like, oh, okay. But then once I processed it, I realized that, Actually, she gave me the greatest confidence, uh, compliment because she trusted me enough to tell the truth. And uh, to me, that's a sign of actually a very special friendship. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. So when I went away with that, I went, wow. I mean, she and I go back uh, 25 years now in our friendship and she was there for me, for Jenny. She was there for me for my cancer. Um, 
So, you know, she was there for me, but it's not what she wants. But she trusted me enough to say thank you, but no thank you, and know that I would not take great offense. And thank you for bringing it back to the topic of honesty. Uh, I want to yeah. share a story on a completely different level. Uh, when I was in the dating world, and this is uh, it's probably 10 years ago, and I really liked this guy. I think we went out a couple of times, and he finally said, this is not going to go anywhere. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, you're too old for me. So he was a lot older than me, but he wanted a woman much younger than me. And at the time, I kind of felt like this little twinge, but then I thought, he just gave me the greatest gift of all because now I'm not going to waste my time with this guy because he could have just strung me along and dated other people at the same time. So I really did appreciate his honesty. And I actually ended up sending him an email later and said, you, you did me a, a, a nice service. Thank you very much. I think you're a creep, but I really appreciate the honesty. <laughs> <laughs> and your honesty back. Exactly. <laughs> So now that we're, I mean, we're talking about some real hardcore subjects here and we're talking about the fact, not the dating thing, but we're talking about the fact that honesty really is the best policy, but yet when it comes to making that split second decision, many times we just don't have the courage to do it. I, I've just noticed now uh, in stepping more and more into my truth and my light, when I speak my truth from an open-hearted, centered place, and it is my truth, and it isn't to hurt, and it isn't because I'm in extreme judgment, because it might be a charge that the other person is dealing with about themselves, they might go away having a little hissy fit like a goblin, and off they go. And then I just sit and I wait to see what happens after that. Because if they're really in a place of growth, they will realize after they've got over their hissy fit and, and, and they're less out of hurt and more balanced that it was said from that place. <clears throat> and then I find they come back and respond from a similar place to the place I presented from. If the charge is too big and there's something that they're, they're not able to deal with, they'll go away and I'll be the worst person in Christendom uh, and I'll be labeled. But then I'm now able as no longer the pe people pleaser to see that that's their stuff, that it's their little dance, their little hissy fit, and it's their journey of deciding how to, to deal with it or not to deal with it. And I'm here if they want to do something about it, but if they want to go off carrying on and perpetuating that dance because part of that dance is going to another person saying you know what Janessa said to me and what 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 they're just doing more of the same until they get sick of it or they don't so i now no longer allow their reaction to be taken personally either i see it for what it is it's their issue or their issues congratulations that's so liberating, isn't <laughs> it's it? It's taken some time, I tell you, because I was the most 
ultra sensitive little girl, ultra sensitive being, wanted to be loved by the whole world. If one person in the world didn't love me, it was like, I can't handle it. And there are many, many people, I think many intuitive people are like that. And it's taken, it's taken losing Jenny. I thank Jenny every single day of my life. I wake up and go, thank you, thank you, thank you, because she pushed me into finding an authentic way of balancing myself out so that I'm in my power and grounded. And then when I'm not, because I'm not always, I've got the tools to bring myself back again. It, it's yeah. very liberating. That's a great share. Thank you. Um, I want to turn to another part of honesty where people get tripped up. It's about the money. How much money do you make? How much, how many assets do you have? People lie all the time when it comes to money. And I've seen it in business, you know, Hey, what are they paying you there? And all you have to do is Google, hey, I work for XYZ company. What are the pay ranges of whatever? So have you seen this where people, you know, oh, I've got five homes or, you know, I don't have any money. And, and you find that they're on vacation. You know what I mean? Like I've seen it in the corporate world so many times that people are not honest when it comes to what they make, for example. So let's just start with that. Anybody have thoughts on it? Tracy? Um, I can't think of any, okay, like regarding actual salary numbers where people have said, what do you make? And never, you know, because I guess it don't live too much in the corporate. It's all like entrepreneurs and stuff. Yeah. But definitely there'll be people that will, you know, they'll talk about their yacht or their this or their that. I mean, maybe not their yacht. I'm exaggerating. But you know what I mean? They may talk about a trip and maybe say things and try to paint it like as though they own that and they own this and they don't meanwhile they're doing airbnb like the rest of us or you know what i mean so, <laughs> so things like that you know kind of the you know um and i guess there, I, and probably the other way around too though i haven't seen that as much you know because mostly i've you know lived most of my life with people that were struggling to make a dollar were struggling with their side gig were you know until recently you know, is the more successful I get, but it's funny because you all the second part of what you said is like people downplaying what they make, and I can almost start to um, feel like I could see how I could do that soon too. Like, not that I'm making a crap load, but there's some months where I make a whole lot, and I'm able now. I'm at a point where when an opportunity comes up, like just happened the other day, where they said, Come and do we picked you to do our workshop. It's an unpaid gig, but, you know, you can have a hotel discount or whatever. I can just say, okay, we'll take the flight, you know, put on two flights on the card. Whereas, like, two years ago, I was still borrowing money, you know, to feed my family that day. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm almost embarrassed because that's my uh, – most of my friends are still in that position where we're, like, trying to make the mortgage, you know? So as I'm suddenly, like, getting increasingly successful and all the strategies that I did through COVID and all the speaking and everything is starting to result in like the things that I hoped it would result in. Um, I could see kind of wanting to downplay that a little bit just because of people's impressions of like, and mis and mis and mis and uh, misunderstandings too of like, Oh, all of a sudden you're making this many dollars, you know, in your hour of work instead of this many, that's like five times more than you used to make. So now you're so rich. Well, really not because you live in Toronto or you live in, you know, and you and the business costs money that you have to put out because you wouldn't be able to do the services for your clients if you didn't spend a thousand dollars a month on this and fifteen hundred on this. And so really, as you become more successful too, there's more things that you have to. And then if, you know what I mean. There's more things that you have to pay for. And I'm not talking about luxury things. I'm talking about even just to make your business move 
costs money. And then, you know, yeah, some of it's a tax write-off and you get it back later. But it's not like you're sitting there going, woo, all of a sudden I've got all this money and I could just, and that could be the, you know, impression when you're, you're still trying to, you know, put together your food for your family for that week. Right. And you don't understand how, how it works. Not, not like how life works, but I mean, how maybe the corporation works. And now like the money that comes in switched is like incorporated. I can make all kinds of money and get 10 new clients this week. My business could make all kinds of money, but that doesn't mean I have that in my personal account. And if I was to try to go and get that on my business account, that's why people go to jail. And most people don't understand that. I'm like, yeah, my business, you know, made $10,000 this week or your month, sorry, or whatever. But my pay is still what I pay myself. And I still have to give the government this big chunk or percentage of whatever. So if I try to pay myself more, sure, I could give myself a raise. But then in order to pay myself this, I got to pay the government this. And it just ends up not making sense, you know. And so I got to stay in my budget, which has more things in it now because I've got to have the clothes to go to the event. I've got to be able to get that plane ticket or the business stops and I have to go work for someone else. So it's until you get like really rich, you know, you're not really like, you know, you're making more money, but there's still, so I can see, you know, feeling kind of embarrassed almost that you're making a little bit more than your friends and wanting to underplay that. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's something that really stood out for me is um, I think it also has to do with your mindset. So if someone is struggling but they, you know, they have a higher power, faith, whatever it is, and they know they're going to make it. I don't think it's that they they necessarily want someone who's doing really well to rub it in their face. But yet at the same point, it could be an inspiration for them. It could be, wow, look how well she's doing. I feel hopeful. I feel That's like you know, I she can do anyone it. Takes. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times. Yes. That's how I always hope anyone takes. Because I think about that. Because, you know, you'll see a documentary and you'll say people, well, you know, look at people on Instagram and they compare themselves and they're like, oh, well, I'm not, I never want to be that. And, you know, I know I do this and do that. I get to go to this because of my work. I get to go to these places. But that's why I always say, you know, most of it's 18 hours a day sitting at my desk, the truth, working really hard for that hour you get. But even then, you know, I really think it's important to, temper temper things with that with that it's not like i think that the key is you know it's not about us being fantastic you know we're not here in the public eye because we're like super great and better than the people watching at all it's because we've just taken paths in our life we're doing this we've learned how to you know do this little thing this this became a passion for us just like anybody's good at whatever they do so you know you know do you know what i mean i don't know if i'm expressing it well but like everybody you know, should look at, you know, it should be aspirational, not ever like, oh, I'm not doing that. It's if, if I can do it, you know, or, you know, my friend can do it or if this guy can do it. None of these people, they're all awesome, but so are you. It's just a matter of harnessing your own thing, believing in yourself, starting at whatever step you're at and not looking at someone else and being like, oh, well, they're at that step. So I'm less than, no, 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 no. you're doing it right. Like if you're, it doesn't matter what level or what step you're at. If you have, like you said, if you're you're in your power, I love that. That's a great way to express it. You are doing it. You know, whatever step you're on, you're on. And whatever your goals are, your goals might be about money or they might be accomplishing this thing or getting this book sold to people, learn about this, you know, whatever, or getting your, you know, whatever your goal is. If you're doing, if you're taking the steps to do it and you're believing, I love that in your power, you're believing in yourself and you're taking those actionary steps to make you know to, to act in accord right with what you're what's in your head and your heart 
then you're doing it. Like, give yourself pat on the back, Don't look at everybody else and be like, wow, if Tracy can do it, I can do it. You know, that's how you should be looking at it. <laughs> I, I also I think, I mean, it, it's it that that's a very valid point. But I also think that uh, a lot of people measure their success according to the monetary side, and it's not always about the money. And and that's that's the big thing. The moment you're going, I'm only successful if my salary level is this. Otherwise, I'm a failure or not as successful as others, it, it, it pushes you to fib and lie like that because you've got so much energy and focus on being endorsed as acceptable and lovable again is that you've got to be there and you're only here. So unless if I say I'm only here, I'm no good. So, and I've noticed more and more people are starting to take the money side to one side and and say okay but where am I successful in other ways without having to say I, my level of success is only measured by love my that. income yeah. yeah that's great I love that that speaks to me a lot because again it's only been the last two years that I've been financially successful but I feel like I've always been successful because I've always said, you know, I, my goal was never to run a business. I didn't think, literally, those were not my goals. <laughs> you know, my goal was to get the word out about certain things. My goal in the early days was to help free that innocent man from death row, which we did, that nobody thought we could do. Not just us alone, but we were successful in getting that group together where we all had this, you know, and the lawyers and us and the media. And, you know, another day, nobody thought this could ever happen. He was freed from death row and he has a life and grandchildren and a you know career now and all kinds of stuff that people will see in the media soon someday. But that's just one story. So I had you know, or other things, smaller things, like you know, smaller little goals. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And I, you know, it was never wrapped around money and I never had money, never had money, but I was always able to feed my children. I, you know, pay the rent. They never, my children never suffered, never didn't know we didn't have money. Maybe they wouldn't get the, they'd get, I have to buy the used toy or save up, you know, for three months for their $500, whatever they wanted to get, you know, or save up for six months or seven months and give to them late after Christmas. But you know what? Nobody ever suffered, you know, so I was proud and I felt successful as a parent for that. So definitely it's not like, it's not about money. I really am glad that you brought that up because, and I think some people, we don't, we don't even all care about money. Some people, their goal is just to get away from all this and go live in a tiny house. And, and why isn't that hugely successful? Successful is being happy and being, you know, kind to the people you love and leaving the people that you meet <laughs> better than they were when you found them. You know what I mean? And that's a better, a better description of success than what kind of dollar you can serve, you can make. There's a lot of people that make a lot of money. Examples. So we probably wouldn't really think we're successful if we actually examined their life and personalities and, you know. Yes, I love that. And Janetta, I just want to reference today on the Talking Heads episode that you did earlier that you also brought up the fact that in our various roles that we have in our lives, there's there are things that we do, like especially being mothers, right, giving birth, that there's no paycheck associated with it. There's no monetary value that's put on it. And if we were to add up all these things that we do in our life where we don't get paid, there's not a paycheck. It has nothing to do with how successful we are. So I feel like if we could get away from that paycheck and that 
money being a measure of success. Of course, we were discussing this earlier today, Janet. We need money because we have things we have to pay. And when we have companies, we have to put the money back in. That doesn't mean that we're successful or not successful. I think it's that passion, that authenticity, that genuine love that we have for what we do and for helping other people that shows how successful we are. Yeah, if you like your day, like if you don't, I, I think it comes down to, if you don't hate what you're doing, like isn't that a bigger, if you, like are you really successful even just from a personal level? Say you have a great job with 200,000, know, whatever the money is you get at your job, but you hate every moment of it. Like you literally saw the money's piling up at the bank, but all day long you hate 90% of your life. Is that really successful? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that's why I left my corporate career. It was a great, it was a great run. It was a great, but I wasn't happy and I was always sick, which thank God now, I mean, I was taking all this medicine. Now I don't, I changed the way I eat. I sleep really well every night because, and I love what I do. So I think that there's a lot to be said about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And also money comes in in, in, in different ways. You know, it, 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 when we expect it to come in one form and it doesn't, uh, then suddenly we don't have it. But it does come in different ways, like, like a check arrives in the post or somebody says, you know, I've got a whole bunch of bananas that I'm not going to eat. Here you are. Or, or, or whatever it is, suddenly it comes in all different forms when you don't just attach to one way of receiving and giving. I agree with that as yeah, well. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to share one other thing. Um, wow, we're really running over. Uh, so I worked on, on my newsletter, The Global Post. It took me about eight hours, between seven and eight hours. And I kept thinking to myself as I was doing this, I thought, there's no money in this. Why am I doing this? I'm spending all this time doing it because there's a greater good to doing it. And I changed the formatting so it's about other people and each edition is gonna be spotlighting different people from our platform, whether they're team members or guests. And I thought, I wanna do this. I want to give the spotlight to other people. So it's worth it. Is anyone going, oh, here, let me pay you for that. No, I'm not, I don't want that. I, I wanna to continue to put good out in the world. And then I know at some point, good will come back. I'm not looking for it. I'm not doing it for that reason. But that's just how life is. Yes. And, I, you know, when I read it today, to me, it's a bit like an, uh, an in-house TV magazine. And you're featuring what's showing and who's doing this and, and, and maybe a bit of backstory on their life is something that could be introduced to so that it, it becomes almost like reading a, a, a magazine. And yeah, I, I thought that, that was really well done. Amazing. Yeah, Thank you did you. an amazing Thank job. You, ladies. I really appreciate it. That's what I was going for. I was going for a magazine. So. I read the whole thing. And usually I like skim over a lot of things in my email. But then I was like, oh. And I scrolled down and I was scrolling through. And I was, yes, and it was really well done. It was well put together. The, it's a, yeah, it was this lady. And that's the genuine truth. This lady on this one. I can't do it. You don't want to do that one. This lady, yay. <laughs> well, and that's the genuine you. truth. <laughs> yeah. I love the I truth. I no PR spin. <laughs> well, as uh, so to me, that that labor of love, it, I, I even to the minute it was about to be launched, I was making changes. I was like, do this, do this, do that. And it's it just, it's about 
I don't know, just spotlighting other people. And you'll see, I didn't put World Jenny's Day in on purpose because I'm going to do it in September when it's actually closer. And then Tracy, when you're in con or whatever, like whatever people want me to spotlight, I want to spotlight that for them. So there it is. So thank you for your honesty. Oh, and thank you for, for being <laughs> wonderful on this program today. Our next show is coming up. It's also Talking Heads with Mariska Dupree joining us from New Zealand. So... I will ask you to let people know how they can reach out to you and who you would like to contact you. I will start with Janetta. Uh, uh, anybody who'd like assistance on how to express themselves accurately from their heart without fear of judgment uh, or, or, or recrimination or loss, I'm your person because I can give you the skills and the tools to really become centered and present and speak your truth from your heart where your wisdom, your inner wisdom can express itself accurately and it improves your relationships on all levels of your life. So if you'd like to know more about that, you can get me at theepiphanyprocess.com. Thank you, Janetta. And Tracy, how about you? Are you taking on any more clients? You're so busy as it I is. I always am. Yeah, always interesting stuff. Uh, so lamorimedia.com. And there's different things as, you know, some people just want digital PR, which is the SEO and the links and the articles. And, and then other people, it's full service PR. So all of it. Yeah. Um, lamorimedia.com. Uh, Tracy Lamori PR Media on Instagram. Tracy Lamori on LinkedIn is a great place to reach out. And my phone number, uh, 289-788-5881 in Toronto, the Beverly Hills number, 424-444-8052. Genuine, they both ring through to me here, wherever I'm at, <laughs> which will be Toronto this week, Colorado next week. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, keep having a great time and enjoying what you're doing, both of you. And Jeanette, I wish you a very beautiful night's sleep. <laughs> And Tracy, enjoy the rest of your <laughs> evening. <laughs> All right, we're signing off for now. We'll Good be back night. next week. And uh, please do try to join on Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. British Summer Time, 9 p.m. Central European Time for Get Off Your Couch, when Sarah Jillian and I will be doing a couple of exercise routines that anyone can do from their home. Ooh, okay. Okay. Now that now I have to join in because you guys are yeah. both my clients. You're gonna be like the publicist has to get off her butt, move <laughs> away from the desk and get on. So what time is that again? Say it again. It's at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. All right. I think that's my 11, uh, it's my 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I don't get it this week, I'm on that for like that's on we have a date, a weekly date yeah, for that I'm, one. Perfect. I, I'm I might be able to use it as an excuse to not do it and then stay on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well you can always watch it on the replay as well. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, girls. I'll see you later. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.